on the show. We are talking to Erin O'Sullivan. She is the Director of Advocacy and Strategic Partnerships with NERSA, Leaders in Collegiate Recreation. As racial issues have come to the forefront of the national consciousness, NERSA is launching an initiative called the 21-Day Racial Equity Habit-Building Challenge for Campus Recreation. I spoke to Erin on Thursday before the challenge begins on Monday to learn more. We'll jump right into that conversation in just a moment, but first, a quick break. Athletic Business Magazine is a trade publication that 40,000 athletics, fitness, and recreation professionals rely on to find the tips, trends, and products they need to be successful. Want to join? Head on over to athleticbusiness.com slash subscribe to get started or renew your free subscription. So Aaron, the, the reason for our call today is this 21-day uh, racial equity habit-building challenge for campus recreation. And uh, I'm just curious if you can just kind of briefly explain that program. Yeah, absolutely. So the 21 day challenge, um, is not our concept. It's, uh, actually from Eddie Moore Jr. Mm -hmm. Uh, you can look him up online and he's graciously made this idea, this concept open and available to the public. Another sister organization of ours, Coop HR, Mm -hmm. um, the organization for uh, human resources they did one as well and so they were also super helpful in sharing ideas and thoughts and you know they really helped to make the point about how important it is to take the conversation that's going on right now in our nation um, about race and the systems that perpetuate racial inequities and injustice and recognize that that is continuing on our campuses that our students our staff um are affected and are also, you know, the, the vehicles for potential change and progress in all this as well. So sure. we want to help take some of the onus on us um, to do what we can. And, you know, Eddie Moore Jr.'s idea here is that creating effective social justice habits, um, you know, habit making can be formed in 21 days. Mm-hmm. And so taking some conscious time to set aside and each one of those days to do that can help you build the habits to help make this more a part of your daily life. It's not a solution, but it's one step towards kind of that continued consciousness, I guess. Sure. And that's, that's certainly something that we're all um, kind of grappling with in our own ways, uh, personally, kind of throughout the industry and, you know, both personally and professionally as well. And I'm just, I'm curious, um, you know, you, you might, you touched on this in that last answer, but um, you know, what role did kind of the, um, you know, the protests, the things that we're seeing around the country, um, especially as it pertains to um, police violence, what role did that kind of uh, play in helping get this initiative off the ground? And what were some of those early conversations like with, uh, with your team as you were discussing this idea? Yeah, you know, it's um, definitely been a, a flashpoint and it's really raised it back to everybody's consciousness. But of course, it's not... Uh, unique, right? Or the first instance of any of these things. And and we also know that this is also these things blowing up because they've been caught on film, not because they haven't been happening before, right? Right. And so we're really conscious of that. And and nurses had statements in the past, certainly. um, And we came out with a, a letter from our president and our executive director after this um, that just delved into a lot more detail. Um, you know, we've done a lot of work in the past. We had an awesome equity, diversity, inclusion commission that did tremendous work 
for about seven years they were together, um, including the EDI resource guide for campus recreation that they put out, which is um, downloadable on our website. It's like over 300 pages, uh, really amazing document for the profession. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we need more. It needs to be continual, um, and the onus is on everybody. And, you know, each of us within our systems um, of power is is the onus is on us to make the change. So I think that's really where the conversation was. NERSA also has a unique call to this uh, because our association was founded in 1950 by HBCUs, mm-hmm. um, men and women from HBCUs. And so that's, that's always been an important piece of our history and our legacy and something that we have a lot of work to do to pay appropriate tribute to and to continue to advance the voices of um, our incredible colleagues of color in this profession. That's interesting that you you touch on the organization's history there because that, that was something that I was aware of and I was uh, also curious about um, you know whether that um, that that history that you referenced uh, played a role in and continues to play a role in how the association um, thinks about things like this. Is that is that something that you can expand on? Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely does because the, you know, social change and social justice has always been closely tied into sports um, and what sports has done in the history of this country. It's also, for us, maybe more than most associations in higher ed, been tied into every step of our history. Um, You know, it was for most of its time, uh, um, you know, a diverse space when there there weren't a lot of diverse spaces, uh, which is interesting too, which doesn't mean the history has always been perfect. It has absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been a piece of our consciousness, I think. And I think too with that the, the professionals in campus recreation who choose to do this work within higher education um, are also particularly aware of the student experience and of the opportunity that they have to reach such a larger cross-section of the student body than exists in a lot of other spaces on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ability to do that and do that in a space of the students choosing, you know, we always say you have to sleep somewhere, you have to eat somewhere, you have to go to class, you don't necessarily have to come to the rec center. Right. Um, that, that that gives a lot of power and opportunity. Um, and the amount of students that these campus recreation centers employ also allows for a real cross-section and a chance to personally reach out to students who might not have other close mentors on campus necessarily at that mm-hmm. point in time. Right, right. Yeah, I, that's another, you actually t- just touched on another point that I uh, wanted to ask you about, which is kind of the unique uh, role that campus recreation in general, kind of plays in, in this space when we're discuss, discussing some of these issues. Um, it does kind of seem like there's an opportunity there uh, that might not exist in other areas of the industries that we cover at Athletic Business. So uh, can you just maybe expand on that? Yeah, you know, where you're, where you're comfortable is also where you're most open to learn. So mm-hmm. certainly we hope students are getting this in their, in their classes right on campus. Um, but it, it's a lot of that one-on-one um, interaction and just involvement. It might be in a in a you know student staff employee situation. It might be through intramurals. It might be through fitness classes where you see the same folks over and over. Um, it might be through just pick up basketball games or whatever the case may be. But when you spend time really getting to know folks who are from different backgrounds than you. Um, of course, race is our topic of conversation, but that can cover any kinds of diversity. Right. Um, that's really where a lot of those walls get broken down and where maybe, 
you know, you can ask them the questions you haven't been able to ask before, or you see things maybe in a, through a slightly different lens than you've accessed before in your life. Um, there's real potential there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's a really kind of a unique area of, of the college experience, I think, is Campus Rec, and especially with the focus um, that so many, uh, you know, campus recreation departments are putting on things like wellness. And uh, I'm just kind of interested in the way that the, the definition of that term has kind of expanded. And, you know, there, there's all different um, uh, ways to, to think about wellness and well-being. And it does kind of seem like um, social wellness and, and well-being is, is playing a more important role uh, in campus recreation more broadly. Absolutely, 100%. Um, and, you know, NERSA, along with a lot of our, our sister associations, including COOPHR, who I mentioned before, mm-hmm. um, are part of the health and well-being and higher education commitment, uh, which you can find on our website. And we've also all kind of signed on to this inter-association well-being definition, mm-hmm. recognizing that this is a hugely important concept. And that it's so big, we all kind of know sort of what it means to us through our lens, but we haven't all agreed on kind of one central, you know, basic thing that can be foundational for all of us um, to build partnerships on and really tie in all these different aspects of of well-being. Um, A big piece of that definition, we have the first version up on our website, Uh, we'll have actually a second version coming soon, is this community well-being um, and this idea that, you know, the systems and the norms of our environments uh, also have to be well, right? right? And so the people make the systems well and the systems help make the people well and these things have to be working in continuity together um, and that those spaces aren't always physical as we've seen, you know, rec along with everything else has been pivoting to virtual right. and all that over over the past couple of months. Um, but those just because those spaces aren't physical anymore doesn't change, right, how much they have to be um, community centers for us and spaces to come together and and build connection and bridges. Uh, Because those, you know, you can be as physically fit as you want, right, but you you certainly need some other aspects of your wellness enhanced um, and continually improving. Otherwise, you're not going to be thriving in life. Um, Right, right. Which is, you know... The equity challenge, it goes right back to the equity challenge, right? It's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If these basic human rights aren't being met and we're not doing our part to help meet them, uh, then none of us are well. That's right. Yeah, I was actually just going to say that, uh, you know, it, it does kind of have uh, a, a collective impact as well uh, beyond just the individual. Um, so kind of uh, pivoting back to just uh, talking about the challenge itself, can you maybe just, uh, you know, explain to us how uh, the challenge is going to work? Yeah, so it's pretty simple in a sprite down. Um, folks, I think, have till midnight before its launch date to sign up. So it, it starts on September 14th. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's 21 business days. We did kind of stretch that out, give people a little bit of a buffer. Sure. Um, so each week on Monday, registrants will receive an email. Um, each week has a theme. Week one is some grounding in history and in recreation. Week two is on microaggressions, whiteness, and implicit bias. Mm-hmm. Week three is on higher education and race. And week four is on allyship and action steps. Each week you get um, an email about that theme. It has all the readings for that week. We break them out into days. Uh, it's about 45 minutes to 60 minutes of commitment each day. So it's not super light, and that's intentional. It's supposed right. to be an investment. There's some guiding questions for that week, um, just to get you thinking. 
our hope is, um, and we've seen this already start to happen among our members, is that they'll use it in their campuses and their personal networks, maybe with some friends, um, that they'll have discussions continually throughout that week. Because not only can you go deeper with the people you know, but it also, you know, insists upon that personal accountability and actually really engaging with these the materials and then continuing on past these 21 days. So that's our hope. But we do also offer a session at the end of the week. It's capped. It's um, a pretty small number, but we will record it. And, you know, anybody who's registered can watch the recording. Mm-hmm. And so we'll kind of model a discussion. And the discussion really is just that. It's it's a model of how might people respond to the discussion questions? What kind of questions might people bring to these conversations? So that if you're using it as a tool with your staff or with your student employees, you can kind of be prepared with some of those responses or some of those ideas um, going into your own conversations. And then at the end, on the 21st day, there's a final email. We'll kind of share out some additional resources and ideas, um, some next steps and things that nurses, you know, continuing to work on and thinking through. Uh, And we'll go from there. All right. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a a really great program. Um, And I'm I'm interested in the um, kind of the habit-forming aspect of this. So is that... um, was was that kind of uh, 21 day kind of threshold? Was that like, uh, can you maybe just uh, expand on the intention kind of behind that, that figure? Yeah, I believe that Eddie Moore Jr. was the one who um, brought together the research about it being habit forming. Mm-hmm. I have to double check his website. Sure. Um, but somebody somewhere does have the science that 21 days builds a habit. And so he based his, um, racial equity habit building challenge on that theory. Mm -hmm. And so just that idea of conscious effort each day. And again, we've got the weekends in there for that little bit of flex. Um, but that you're attending to this, you're doing this actively, um, and you're making yourself aware of things you wouldn't have normally. Well then hopefully be enough to make it a habit, to make it something that is more normal, um, more activated in your subconscious. It's not that you're now, you know, ready to see everything in a racially equitable lens, but more so that you're ready to see whatever information is in front of you and kind of just think about it a little bit differently. Um, Maybe ask some different questions that you wouldn't have, but those are the things more at the top of your mind. Um, And it's a little bit easier for you to be continually learning. Um, We tend to really have a perception a lot in this country that, you know, we can, we achieve certain things. It's very achievement based, um, culture. And so that, you know, you get to the end of the course, you get to the end of the degree, right. And it's like that checkbox and you've done that now. Uh, but this of course, um, and to make this sort of wide sweeping systematic change is very different, right? right. There is no checkbox. There is no end result. It's just continual every day. So, so doing that for 21 days and doing that continualness, hopefully helps make that something you can move forward for with, with the rest of your life. Sure. Yeah. It it sounds like a, you know, a great kind of uh, approach to this, to this kind of thing, because like you said, it does kind of seem like it's something that we have to be uh, continually working on and working towards. Um, So you mentioned that each week uh, has its own theme. I'm curious about how those themes kind of developed. Can you uh, take us inside that process? Yeah. Uh, once again, I got to give a lot of thanks to our friends at Coupe HR, sure. um, who had, I think two of our weeks are, are the same. We borrowed from their themes and carried them over. And then two weeks are slightly different. So I know that 
they started with grounding in history uh, as their week one theme. And so we took some of those ideas and then added in recreation. So there's some articles about um, the history of racism in aquatics, you know, and the history right. of swimming pools in this country, um, looking at race in the outdoors, race in the fitness industry. Um, obviously for us and our professionals, that's particularly important lens to, to link in. So right. we wanted to make sure we had that grounding. Um, and week two then, microaggressions, whiteness, and implicit bias. Very big topics to all cram in together. Um, but these are terms that come up, terms that are being thrown around a lot right now. Um, and so just to kind of break those down, uh, and under, I think you understand more about race and racism and how everybody perpetuates this, sometimes in very small ways you might not even notice, um, if we break down some of these uh, these larger concepts, right? And, right? and it helps you also then maybe look at how changing it and, you know, making conscious decisions for anti-racist thought and action might be possible after these 21 days as you move forward. Right. Um, week three on higher education and race, of course, you know, our members are all higher education professionals and this is their world. Um, so that's really where we wanted to, to take a look at. There's still a perception widely you know in the country that if you make it to higher education like you're good right everybody's you've made it now you're on even footing and you're good from here and of course we know that's that's not true um there still are a lot of inequalities and, and it's certainly not an even playing field so looking at some of what that means um and then week four on allyship and action steps so again this idea of course that it doesn't end at the, on the 21st day but it keeps going what can you as an ally do what, um, what are some actionable things, you know, when you when we see stuff, a lot of times people talk about freezing up or just being uncertain, um, being so worried about making mistakes, so that we kind of looks at addressing a lot of those concerns. Sure, sure. Wow, yeah, I mean, it sounds like a really kind of comprehensive program that you've put together, and uh, I know that we are excited to see how it, how, how it shakes out. Um, how can people uh, follow along or, or join in on the challenge? Yeah, you can check out the NERSA website. Registration, again, is open until uh, midnight, right before uh, September 14th, that first Monday. And then there is a hashtag, the NERSA 21 Day Challenge. So we hope people will be using that on different social media platforms and posting their ideas and their thoughts um, and following along and, and then, of course, celebrating when, when they get to the end. Um, and if there's a lot of great reception, this is definitely something we'd look at, you know, doing again or doing a version of again um, if there's a lot of folks who still want to get involved. Well, that sounds wonderful. Erin um, O'Sullivan, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Jason. AB Today is a daily e-newsletter that provides professionals within the athletics, fitness, and recreation industry with relevant, fast-reading nationwide stories. Sign up at athleticbusiness.com slash enews and enjoy great content from Athletic Business every weekday. That's going to do it for this episode of the Athletic Business Podcast. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please leave it a review or share it with a friend. Our great thanks to Aaron O'Sullivan for being our guest today, and we'll have links to learn more about the 21-day challenge in the show notes. And uh, with that, until next time, take it easy.